0: The winner is, the winner is, the
1: winner is, the winner is, the winner is, the winner is, and the winner is, Or well, the not like it's in your luggage, sometimes, that means sometimes, there can be a hundred people in a room, maybe there is right now, I know it's tuna but it,
2: it says chicken,
1: I don't know her, she always has these long lists of
0: like diva demands,
1: she don't
2: and Great gowns, beautiful
1: gowns. I understand you embrace the term diva. Yeah.
2: Hello, divas, divos, and divs. Welcome back to another episode of Diva Dailies, a podcast where we deconstruct divas on film, television, and music. Before I bring in the co-host, let's get to some housekeeping. If you're interested in following us, you can find us on social media at Diva Dailies Pod on Instagram, Twitter, wherever they're calling themselves at this point, Uh, but we're going to call it Twitter, (laughs) TikTok, and Threads, or you can email us at DivaDailiesPod at gmail.com. You guys, we have a special theme this month, but before we get into that, let's bring on the OG co-host, (laughs) Steffi! Gupta. Uh, Mm -hmm.
0: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. The queen is coming
3: to Grove High School. It's me, Gupta. (laughs) It's been a while since we've heard Sandra O's voice on the pod. So the return of Gupta.
2: I know. How are you in these parts?
3: I am doing okay. We're here and we're recording this pod
2: oh you sound so excited so i know back again
3: i mean (laughs) i have to be a bit melancholy considering the theme of the next couple episodes yeah
2: well let's just let's talk about it right now okay so you guys we had a special request
3: i actually found the original message but you know what
2: go ahead
3: read okay
2: the message
3: So we actually do take listener suggestions if the ideas Mm -hmm. are good. Yes. Emphasis on good. (laughs) And we had a good idea suggestion from longtime listener Jade. And I'm going to read her original message here. She said, just thinking of a suggestion, maybe like last album of Divas before they passed away. And then Jade gave us some names and she specifically wanted us to really talk about Aaliyah because she was such a big fan and she was so sad when she died the same day that Jade bought her album.
2: Oh my gosh.
3: I want to know if Jade bought the album and then she died or Aaliyah died and then Jade bought the album. Jade, write in. (laughs) Oh, that's...
2: Good question. No, that's a good question.
3: (laughs) Yeah. Because can you imagine Hmm. if she bought the album and then Aaliyah died? Like, I'd be like, this album is cursed. Like... That's intense. Well,
2: cause then it definitely uh, no pun intended. Jade it's like the your listening experience is now jaded.
3: Yeah, yeah. You know? Uh-huh. Jade. Yeah, we wanna know. Yeah. But we took Jade's suggestion, and as you can see mm-hmm. in the title of the episode, we are gonna be talking about Aaliyah today as part of our last album of Divas series. And we I don't know, if we, we probably shouldn't say, but you, you guys can guess pretty much who is coming up in the next couple of weeks. There's three mm-hmm. specific divas that we're talking about. And the conversation's really sad, obviously, yes. because they're all no longer here. So yeah. unlike last summer, it was like a girl group diva summer. This is a sad girl diva summer.
2: <laughs> it is.
3: Sad girl divas.
2: Part one is usually chill. We're usually having a good time because the albums we picked are really good. But it's it's part two where we have to really get into it. That's where it gets rough.
3: And it's an interesting conversation, too, because, you know, unlike our typical diva discography episodes talking about how the death affected you know their era and also the way we perceive that last album Mm -hmm. it's really interesting discussion so hopefully you guys will um enjoy that
2: i i hope you guys enjoy it especially because i feel like we're talking about faves like absolute divas that you definitely need to know they should be in the discography like Mm -hmm. these are faves
3: but we do have some listener feedback let's do it Let's get into it. Janet. We have a new review on iTunes, but it's not really a review because it's more of like, these are my thoughts. But okay. if you want to leave it, it counts as a review. We need <laughs> more reviews on Apple Pod. So we have a returning listener. Um, it's our buddy, Nicole. Hey. Nicole Scherzinger. Hey. Remember? Yes. yes. <laughs> She's back. <laughs> okay, so the title of her review is Janet Episodeslash Other Things to Come to... Oh, it's not giving me the full title of your review. Sorry, Nicole. But she gave us five stars. Hey. It's a five-star experience. And this is her message. She said, Hi, Angie and Steffi. It's your bestie, Nicole. LOL. I love the Janet album ranking episode. Don't fight me, but Rhythm Nation 1814 is her best album. The Velvet Rope is an album that hits different when you are going through something. My ranking of her albums are one, Rhythm Nation 1814, two, The Velvet Rope, three, All for You, four, Control, five, Janet. Six, Unbreakable. Seven, Demita Joe. Eight, Discipline. Nine, 20YO. Ten, Dream Street. And eleven, Janet Jackson. What? Uh oh. <laughs> Angie, you should have seen Angie's like. <laughs> Whole journey <laughs> through the ranking, like her expressions and everything, she was just silent. But Angie, thoughts on Nicole's ranking?
2: All for you is up there. Ooh.
3: I know. All for you is up. Number I think three my shock is that Janet is behind control. That's what I've
2: oh, whoa. Wow, we're picking Nasty over That's the Way Love Goes. Oh, my Lanta. I mean, don't get me wrong, control is a solid her name album. Is
3: Nicole. <laughs> Nicole, we respect your ranking.
2: We do. I I promise I do.
3: Well, Nicole continues and she says, I can't wait until your tour, Angie. I'm not going to spoil it because I already went to my Renaissance show and Beyonce snatched my soul. Can't wait to hear your thoughts and reactions.
2: I can't wait either.
3: So everyone look forward to Angie's special yes. Beyoncé renaissance episode. And then Nicole said, I hope you guys do an episode talking about Tony Braxton's debut album since it turns 30 this year, along with Brandy's Never Say Never turning 25 this year as well. Well, Nicole, Brandy was scheduled, but we had to ex-nay Brandy, unfortunately. But yes. we will get to her eventually. I have an idea oh. how we can incorporate Brandy, but we'll talk off Mike. And then, yeah, we need to do Tony. She's not scheduled this year, but there's certain divas that we haven't hit yeah. yet that we really need to hit. Like Tony, we need to do a Celine Dion episode. Oh, yes, we've been talking about Celine Dion. Next year, for sure. And then um, Nicole said, an episode ranking Whitney and Mariah's albums will also be fun. Lastly, I feel you guys should do episodes on unsung divas who never got their flowers, such as Donna Summer, Natalie Cole, and Phyllis Hyman. Heavy on Phyllis Hyman because the people need to know Phyllis was a force and should have been bigger. Keep up the good work. This may or may not be my last review. Ha ha. Well, Nicole, first off, you can keep turning in your reviews (laughs) and leaving them on Apple Pod because we need the reviews on Apple Pod.
2: Can I just say I'm the hugest fan of Phyllis Hyman. So shout out to Phyllis Hyman and shout out to Nicole for suggesting Phyllis Hyman. I am here for a Phyllis Hyman episode.
3: Well, those are definitely divas that we have in mind for Diva 101. Mm -hmm. So, yes. And then we have two emails The first email comes from our buddy, Jasmine. Hello. Hi, Steffi and Angie. I'm finally caught up on the Diva 101 episodes. And wow, what a lovely set of episodes paying homage to the Queen of Soul. I hear the word Diva and Aretha Franklin is the first lady that comes to mind. You literally cannot talk about influence excellence and musical genius without mentioning Aretha and I'm so glad that you two did her justice with these episodes I would be here all day listing my favorite Aretha songs but a few of them are It Hurts Like Hell, God Bless the Child, Take Me With You, One Step Ahead, Call Me, United Together and The Masquerade is over so once again huge thanks to you two for sharing your knowledge on the queen with us all and I cannot wait to find out who the next diva in the spotlight will be the songs that she picked out yes top tier taste i know jasmine has taste jasmine has taste well thank you jasmine and then we actually got a response from our buddy ken okay from last yeah episode but I promised Ken that I wouldn't read his whole reply okay what I will say is Ken has really set us up nicely here because in his email to us he was like how have you guys not done Aaliyah yet oh because I'm here scrolling through all of your content and we're like 98 ish episodes in and we have yet to see Miss Aaliyah so Ken here we are here you are Aaliyah also um I just want to say, too, he did bring up the number 98. And we are approaching our 100th episode. Mm -hmm. I think based on wherever you're listening to Diva Dailies, either on like Apple, Pod, or Spotify, the number of episodes may be a bit different. Yeah, I think this is episode 94 on my end. Mm -hmm. Because when I submit the episodes... I categorize certain episodes as bonus episodes, but then when they're actually on like a Spotify or another hosting site, they may not read as bonus episodes, but as like actual number episodes. But the point of the matter is we are approaching our 100th episode and we are going to do a special little celebration on the pod for that. So if you guys want to like send in maybe your favorite episode of Diva Daily so far or... I don't know Yeah. what have you to celebrate one hundred. We're quickly approaching it, yes, so yes.
2: yeah, look forward to that. Can I just say too? It's it's so hard trying to get to every diva because there's so many divas, like basic divas that we have just not gotten into. Like yeah. you said, Celine, Tony Braxton. There's so many divas just in the '90s. Like we're just you know, but we're, we're getting there.
3: Yeah, they will definitely all be coming soon yes so
2: all right well let's get into it here you guys go self titled Aaliyah episode i hope you guys enjoy so today we're going to be discussing one of the most pivotal albums that came out around the turn of the century an album that I hold so dear to my heart and is beloved by other music heads and industry folk alike. Today, we are talking about Baby Girl's self-titled album, Aaliyah, also known as the Red Album. Just weeks before her death on July 7, 2001, Aaliyah released her highly anticipated self-titled album, an album that created a sonic landscape that gave space for the perfect blend of pop R&B, and hip-hop in a time where her peers were creating candy-coated pop-esque R&B records or neo-soul records. The Aaliyah album was recorded between 1998 and March of 2001 and features producing and writing titans such as her longtime collaborators Missy Elliott and Timbaland, New Claps with Static Shock and producing duo Key Beats, J-Dub, Benjamin Bush, Darrell Babs, as well as producer Buddha. Unbeknownst to everyone, the Aaliyah album would be her last as she passed away on August 25th, 2001 in a plane crash. But the legacy of the Red album has truly lived on.
3: Wow. Aaliyah is clapping from above, being like, Angie did that. You know, I try. Very good. (laughs) I try. I try, man.
2: (laughs) So let's get into it. The first question, Steffi. I'm kind of nervous about this question, by the way.
3: I think you should be nervous about this question.
2: <laughs> first question of the pod. When was the first time you listened to this album? It was a couple
3: days ago. Bitch. <laughs> when Angie started no doing her like very emotional intro, it's like, oh, shit. Here we go. We're gonna rock her world in a minute or so, oh, and her world has been rocked. Okay, but I have I have good reason. Okay, first of all, okay. when this album came out, I think I had just turned eight. Okay, I just turned eight. I don't think I was really in Aliyah's key target demo at the time.
0: Okay, and okay.
3: additionally, her music has not been streaming for the longest time. That's fair. That's fair. That's okay. That's fair. For the longest okay. time, her right. music was not accessible in the way that it really should have been. And I think that is right. such a detriment to. <laughs> Absolutely. Her career and her mm-hmm. legacy. Thankfully, now it's on, you know, streaming services. But yeah. around the time when I started listening to like Lauryn Hill and TLC, like that period when streaming first came out. Yeah. I think there was a moment where I did try seeking out Aaliyah and she wasn't there. Like I have a very distinct memory of that happening. Okay. Because, you know, you like think of those artists and Aaliyah kind of fits yeah, yeah, that. Yeah genre and era as well and she wasn't there she wasn't but now she is she and i'm here and i've listened to the album (laughs) oh my gosh
2: this is gonna be an interesting episode oh my gosh i'm nervous oh no (laughs) oh okay here we go
3: oh no and (laughs) she's like i don't want to do this
2: episode with you (laughs) exit okay when was the first well you said when was the first time couple days ago
3: yes a couple days ago i was actually listening to it while i was taking pictures in the sun and then i got my first ever sunburned <laughs> so now whenever i think of this album i'll think about how i was really listening to that album when i got my first sunburn, and i'm still recovering from said sunburn a new meaning for the red album yeah quite <laughs> literally the red album alia was like i'll show you red album i'll make your back red to match my <laughs> my whole aesthetic Oh my gosh. Okay, so
2: what were your initial impressions?
3: I really liked it. Okay, okay. I really liked it. I had previously listened to her first album before, like Mm -hmm. a year or so before. But when I finished listening to this most recent one, it made me go back and re-listen to all three of her albums, just so I can kind of musically chart her her yeah. journey. Yeah, but yeah. I, I feel like the more I listen to it, the more I like it. Mm. But I think that's just like a very general thing for me where the more I listen to something, the more I like it. Right. I think about when we talked about Crazy Sexy Cool. Oh, yeah, yeah. And there were a couple songs in there when I was like, yeah, I don't really... Nah. But then when we came back and did part two, I was like, I get it now. Yeah. I really enjoy it. Okay. So I feel like that will be the case for... Some of these songs where I'm like, I like it, but I could see myself potentially liking it more the more time I spend with it. But I feel like, honestly, one of my main takeaways after listening to this album, and maybe it's because we just recently recorded an episode regarding Janet Jackson. Yes. But I feel like one of my main takeaways was, man, Aaliyah is like a true daughter of Janet Jackson. Like, I just Mm -hmm. I hear it so much in her music, especially after listening to Janet's entire discography. I'm like, oh, yeah, she she really studied Miss Janet.
2: I'm going to be bringing it up a lot. But yes. Yeah. Aaliyah was a huge, huge, huge fan of Janet. Yeah. Like, anytime she could talk about Janet in interviews, she talked about Janet in interviews. Like, was just a huge fan.
1: Aaliyah's in the studio (laughs) with us,
2: and uh, we're talking to her about this wonderful album. Came out a couple days ago, and I'm Mm -hmm. telling you, everybody's, you know, saying this is this is the one. I mean, I think... Your record speaks for itself. Myself and Janet Jackson, I know last time you were here, we were telling you how Janet says that you were one of the key people that she, you know, really wanted to work with. Do you
1: think that's going to happen? We tried. We really tried for this album and the schedule just didn't work out. But, you know, we're label mates now, so that's still always a possibility. Hopefully we'll hook up and do something together. Wow. You
3: You can really hear it in in her music, which is cool. So, studied. We love a studied diva, okay? We love a research diva. Right? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> sitting at the desk you know book open yes. taking notes <laughs> yeah what about you well um oh here we go story time <laughs> story time
2: now the first time i listened to the alia album i bought the the cd in 2001 like a couple weeks after it dropped.
0: Oh, okay, okay.
3: Before her death. So were you like already an Aaliyah fan anticipating this album when it came out? Yeah. Oh, wow. So you really felt like the era. Yes. Like you really felt the highs and the and lows. The, and the
2: lows, <laughs> yes. Uh, for those who are new to the podcast, one of the first three albums that I ever was able to buy was Aaliyah's One in a Million. And that was back in like 99, Yeah. 2000.
1: You're low.
2: this point i'm like oh aaliyah she's coming we're gonna get into this in the next episode but the era was pretty big yeah you know we got romeo must die all of this stuff like the era was pretty big mm-hmm. for aaliyah so when the album dropped it was like very highly anticipated we need a resolution was out all of that stuff i really really love this album
1: mm.
3: is this your favorite of hers of the three
2: absolutely it's not even close oh wow okay easily the best album i would say it's probably top five best albums of the early 2000s yeah in my opinion mm-hmm. and um and you love 2000s music i love 2000s r&b and it's like one of the reasons why i love early 2000s r&b mm. like oh oh my gosh yeah if you're used to the experimental sounds of janet this album is easy to listen to and grasp you know conceptually sonically you know lyrically it's just a true daughter of janet Mm
3: -hmm. i felt very like velvet rope shades here and there's like i mean the album is red red velvet we're in the red family so
2: oh we oh yes like i said like you said aaliyah is studied oh my (laughs) god we love it (laughs) it's interesting because this album changed feelings in a short period of time Mm, like i was a kid who got it in july and was feeling certain things about the album and really hadn't been able to sit well with the album and let it grow on me yeah like other albums were Mm -hmm. before it shifted full feeling because of her death and now it's like i'm just sad listening to the album wow you know it's like oh damn yeah because
3: it's crazy when you look at the date because it came out in july and she passes away at the by the end of august you're just like oh my gosh so when the album first came out how did you feel were you excited and then like when she passed away like you said you're you're sad so it is it still like coloring your relationship to the album is it like is it like a a snapshot of like ptsd for you (laughs) yeah
2: yeah no like it actually came in three waves okay so the first wave is like just being excited that a new album is dropping yeah and then a month later she passes away and so now you're listening to it as like this is the last time we get to hear new shit yeah from this artist and then you're trying to take it in and this was like one of the first
3: probably yeah i was gonna ask you if this was your first celebrity death that like- yeah hit you absolutely yeah yeah
2: this absolutely is so i was like trying to figure out why i'm grieving for a person i really didn't know Mm. because it's like the first celebrity yeah uh, you know death and just like going through all of that but then having this artwork that moved me before Mm -hmm. you know her passing Mm -hmm. and then it being a tool to get through another big event which september 11th was only a couple of weeks
3: later oh right yes 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 it's 8:52 here in new york i'm bryant Gumble. we understand that there has been a plane crash on the uh southern tip of manhattan you're looking at the uh world trade center it's a definitely a shocking experience i mean to hear that you know things like this happen uh to just you know everyday life you know when you wake up one morning you have you know your mom calling you turn on the tv
2: so It was like a lot all in one. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was just, it was a crazy time in 2001.
3: How old were you or like what grade were you in when, you know, all of this happened?
2: I was 11 and I was in sixth grade. Mm.
3: It's an interesting age to process death, even if it's not someone that you personally know.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Because... I got introduced to this kind of death via Aaliyah. But then we see death on a mass scale with September 11th. Yeah. And then the odd energy of like glitter coming out at that time. And like it was a weird era. And we hadn't also like finished grieving Aaliyah. Yeah. It was just a crazy time.
3: Wow. You like really experienced Aaliyah like as like it was all happening for her. It was all happening for you.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Yes, one of those interesting artist relationships as a fan.
3: And those relationships, I always eye roll and hate when people try to dismiss, like, why are you so emotional or mourning a celebrity's death? Like, you don't personally know them. Like, I always think that's such a simplistic way of looking at that kind of relationship. Yeah, Throughout life, music is such... I mean, I guess it depends on the person, but I would at least say for us, music is such a huge part of our lives. And therefore the relationship that we have to the artist is like really unique and special and informative in a lot of ways. So when that vessel no longer exists on earth, it's like, whoa.
2: Yeah. And she was so young too. Like, yeah, she was mad young. Mm
3: -hmm. There
2: is like this um, mythos around Aaliyah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like listening to this album around the age of, like, 22, 23, which is when she passed. Like, mm-hmm. as I became a 22, 23-year-old, it hit me a different way, too, because it was like, oh, this was it. You know, as a 22-year-old, it was like, oh, if life just stopped right now. Like, I didn't even do, you know, a fraction of what Aaliyah had did yeah. by that age, but it was still just like, dang, okay, it hits you. She's gone too soon. Oh, my gosh. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. I'm sure that's going to be the same way when I... You know, hit the same age as like Whitney Houston, yeah, or Michael, and you're just like, oh, this is young, yeah, okay. yeah.
3: Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. And I feel like that's like a a running theme throughout that we're gonna find with all of the divas that we're covering in this last album series. Yeah, is really realizing how young they were and like yeah. the lost potential. Oh, because their lives were just like tragically cut short. Absolutely, you know,
2: absolutely. Yeah.
3: Whenever I think of Aaliyah Like my first association Is probably because I was so young Is when she did Journey to the Past Oh
2: yes Anastasia
3: I don't even think I was registering That's Aaliyah but I remember Loving like the movie version And her version I'd just be like oh this is it A A
2: classic song Heart
1: don't fail me now Courage don't desert me don't turn back now that we're here people always say life is full of choices no one ever mentions fear or how
3: interesting because like she did kind of a a little bit in a ways like Whitney where she had iconic songs for these different movies, even though they weren't like full on soundtracks, but like Try Again.
2: Studied. She's a studied artist. Yeah. Okay. Should we get into this?
3: I guess we
2: should. You know, I'm scared. (laughs) No, I'm actually like very interested because this album like, it's in my blood. It runs through my veins. Like, I just know it back and forth.
3: Oh, so it's going to be interesting for you to l- talk with someone who, like, only listened to it for the first time. Yeah. See, if that was me and it was a reverse situation, I'd, like, have a knife behind my back being like, <laughs> you better say the right goddamn
0: thing. <laughs> I'll
2: kill her, you guys. <laughs> She's a killer. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's, 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 interesting. <laughs> it's interesting to hear what you're gonna say about all these songs because I would I I have could. a knife behind my back. <laughs> I wish I could listen to it for the first time again. So mm-hmm. I'm probably gonna like sit and relive some of the things.
3: Oh, okay, okay, okay. So
2: I'm kind of excited.
3: Well, hopefully I'll have exciting answers and not <laughs> <You better>. answers. <laughs>
2: knife pulls out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all right. <laughs>
3: stand mode activated (laughs) swarm
2: that was perfect
3: sound (laughs) yeah Um,
2: all right here we go let's get into the first segment the song breakdown this is where we're gonna go track by track on this album sharing our thoughts as we go uh once we're finished going through all the tracks steffi and i will be going back and forth sharing our top three faves from this album which song we cut and which song we think is the underrated gem all right, here we go. Track one, We Need a Resolution, produced by Timbaland and written should by Static be Shock. How do you feel about this one?
3: I liked it. Yeah. I really like it. I think it's it's a great way to set the tone and sound mm-hmm. of the album. Yes. I feel like she comes in with so much like confidence and like swagger, yeah. but that's Aaliyah. Right. She does that all the time. Yeah. I think musically it's interesting because I, I feel like you can hear a little bit of like this middle eastern kind of sound yes. melded with like hip-hop and r&b that puts yes. me specifically in that late 90s 2000s trend yes. that was going on at the time the more i listened to it it reminded me of like jay-z's big pimpin yes which was also produced by timbaland yeah
1: we doing big
3: So it's a very Timbaland thing to do. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I I like it. It's interesting too right now because at the time of recording this, there's like a bit of a viral tweet that's been going around saying that we need a resolution. Didn't get the attention that it deserved or like it was slept on. So as someone who, experienced this as it was happening would you like agree that this is a slept on track or would you say no it was given it's like proper due at the time
2: it was given its proper due now okay it's hard in this day and age yeah charts are so important to artists Mm. to then go back and look at artists who didn't chart well on billboard 200 right yeah yeah yes we need a resolution wasn't a number one hit On Billboard Mm -hmm. 200, but you have to understand, there were other outlets of getting your music out. Like you may have not been on TRL, but there was 106 in Park. Right. And if you know Aaliyah and 106 in Park, Aaliyah was like seen as the princess or the queen of 106 in Park. Right. Yeah. You know, Mm -hmm. which meant in the streets. We were loving it like she was it. She was the it girl, mm. you know? Yeah. What's up, y'all? You are watching the hottest show in the universe, 106 in Park. Then we're getting ready to bring out today's guest. Are y'all ready? Okay. All right. Her name means the highest, most exalted one, and she's definitely been living up to her
0: name. All right, for quite some time, she was working in the land down under, but now she's got a new album and some new movies on the way this summer. You can expect her to be back on top. Make some noise for Aaliyah!
2: You also got to remember, too, that moment of time the tweeter is talking about. Yeah. It's a month's time because she passes away August 25th, and we need a resolution after that. Like, all her videos were playing constantly Mm -hmm. after her death, you know? Yeah, yeah. So, we were rocking with it before, and then we were rocking hard extra after her passing. Yeah. I feel like... This was a great start to the album as well. Yeah. With the classic, like, Timbaland, Aaliyah collab, you know? I love that we get, like, this perfect sneak peek into the emerging trend of using Arabic and South Asian musical aesthetics Yeah, within hip-hop. Mm-hmm. Timbaland definitely was a driving force for that sound within the late 90s, early 2000s.
1: Influenced by um, Bollywood. Like really? Indian music, yeah. so this kind of this track I was doing, I was working on. It feels, it, it, I love India. I love Indian food. I love the culture. So when I go overseas, I go like you know to India, and, and when I'm in London, I like really go to the record stores and buy all the Bollywood CDs and try to get cadet. Their the way they play on their scale is totally different from American scales.
2: I feel like Aaliyah's voice. It's so perfect. Like it's not this big vocal like a Whitney Houston or Shaka or Patty. Yeah. It's not quite as light as Janet's. It sits like in the middle and it just, ugh. it's this this perfect sound.
3: Would you say she's kind of like the Janet to, I don't know. Okay. Everybody, I'm not saying she sings like Whitney Houston, but is she kind of like The Janet to Beyoncé's Whitney. Because I know, like, in a lot of ways, people always yes. compare Aaliyah and Beyonce. And there's yeah. always these, like, deep conspiracies of, like, well, if Aaliyah didn't die, right. Beyonce wouldn't be as big of a star as right. she is now. Right, right. And just think about it, right? Aaliyah, she
2: was so powerful. She was so goddamn soulful with her music. You think that Beyonce had a type of success that she had. If Aaliyah was wrong, man, she living Aaliyah life. Right now, you better be grateful. See, real is rare,
1: but fake is everywhere. See, y'all selling for replicas.
3: How big would she have been had she not tragically lost her life? Was she headed to... I mean, because we see Beyonce. Beyonce sing, to the movies. Was she going to be Beyonce before Beyonce? But just like, you know, to compare to artists that were emerging in the 2000s in the way that like Whitney and Janet were kind of emerging together in the 80s. Is that kind of like a... That's
2: exactly it. Aaliyah is that type of artist where she knows her vocal. Right. Yeah. She knows her voice. She knows how to deliver her vocals. Mm -hmm. And it's perfect in the way that she does. She doesn't need to do Beyonce runs. Right. Yeah. We don't need that from um, Aaliyah. Yeah. But like you said, I think To reference people talking about Aaliyah and Beyonce. Yeah. I think Aaliyah would have been just as big and Beyonce would have been just as big because they were doing two different things. Oh, yeah. Totally. Totally. Beyonce was still in a whole group. Yeah. At this time. (laughs) Like, what are we talking about? Like, you know, it's not until 2004 until she goes solo. Mm -hmm. So there is still that period of time. But also we have to remember, too, we're going to talk about this in the next episode. Aaliyah was going into movies she was becoming a soundtrack artist an actor like all around beast in a completely different way than beyonce was Mm -hmm. so we should stop saying that yeah beyonce and aaliyah would have been perfect in the industry together it would have been equivalent to like whitney and janet being in the industry at the same time
3: completely agree yeah
2: track two loose rap featuring static produced by key beats and written by static shock How do you feel about this one
3: i like the beginning when she's like i'm sick and tired of the <laughs> <laughs> and then like it drops <laughs> <laughs>
2: yeah
3: i like it. it's really chill i like that you know the beat and tempo pretty much stay consistent yeah, yeah throughout yeah. and i feel like Aaliyah is just such a master at, like you said, knowing how to, she knows how to use her voice, but she like, she can like gracefully interweave her voice mm. within like this beat yeah. that's just so percussive, oh, yeah! but her vocal delivery is like so like smooth, you
2: know? Yeah, 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 yeah.
3: It's like nice texture.
2: Absolutely. It's um the perfect uh juxtaposition. Yes. That hard hip hop. Yeah, yeah. And then... It's even like, not even smooth R&B, it's like above smooth R&B. It's very much like the Isley Brothers, the way that, you know, Ronald Isley sings on top of the record, or like an elder Yes, yes, yes. It's yes. very much like this light, airy, mm-hmm. very Janet-esque. When Janet's in her pop, yeah. on her pop songs, yeah, it feels like that. But just on this like hard, percussive beat.
3: I feel like you kind of have to have like a lot of, you have to know The rhythm of the song really, really well, and also have confidence in your voice to be able to not make expected choices of like being even on the Mm. song, you know?
2: That's a good point. Yeah, because she doesn't make expected choices. Like her background runs, they're all over the place in the perfect way.
3: Yeah. I feel like if you're just like listening to the first time, you're kind of like, oh, okay. But like if you really like sit, And you're focused on like what she's doing. You're like, wow, like there's a lot of artistry here, you know?
2: Yeah, absolutely.
3: I I feel like too, Aaliyah is such a popular artist amongst the now emerging younger R&B artists of this generation. Yeah. Because it's kind of like they're trying to emulate that sort of cool laid back thing that Aaliyah just... Embodied at the time, right? Right, but I think the fact that she's able to do it so well, and when they try to do what she's doing, it just goes to show like she was such a master at doing that, that it's really hard to replicate it. Yeah, you know?
2: yeah, yeah. She's a master at, at a vibe,
3: totally, totally. Like, ever since she first came out, a, a vibe, vibe. <laughs>
2: a vibe. Like, when people talk about vibes, when I talk about vibes, like the top two artists that are just vibey, it's like Sade aaliyah yeah like they just got it it's like the swag within their vocals their swag in general mm-hmm. yeah but like, totally. musically it's the swag it's like they're just confident in being laid back
3: they're confident in being laid back that's it yes yeah yes and some people unfortunately are not can't do that they have the confidence but they don't actually have the laid back part <laughs> Delayed that part. They don't have the material to do such <laughs> things.
2: Here we go. Track three. The Behemoth. Rock the boat. Produced by Key Beats and written by Static Shock. I Let's get into it. Steffi, your thoughts?
3: I love this one. This is like quintessential Aaliyah to me. You know how different streaming services make like the essential Aaliyah. Like this needs to be on the playlist near the top. Number one. (laughs) (laughs) Number one. You guys know me. If you've listened to previous episodes, like I love a groove. Yeah. And this song has that very chill mellow groove but it's not like putting me to sleep like right. i am fully engaged yes. <laughs> um <laughs> i think like the production is just mission accomplished yeah. like the beat alone right woo! solid it makes me feel like i'm on an island and we're oh, just yeah. relaxing on the beach yes. like it's good vibes it feels light yeah i think Aaliyah sounds great right very sensual chill cool vocal Mm -hmm. And like, again, the way she's writing that groove is perfection. The more I listened to it, I was like, this reminds me of like an early 2000s version of Janet's That's the Way Love Goes.
1: Oh, yes.
2: I definitely hear it. It's a groove. It's a bop. I don't say this lightly This is the perfect R&B song When we talk about what you need to make a great R&B song An R&B hit I feel like people should go to this song Everything about this song is perfection Her vocals, the production, the groove, you know I love a good R&B song that is catchy And then here's this like good use of a sexual euphemism Mm. right like (laughs) rock the boat right we're getting into this phase where r&b is becoming more blunt and i feel like rock the boat is like one of the last r&b songs that uses a good sexual euphemism
3: so like little eight-year-old me could listen to this in the car exactly like, uh, yeah <laughs> i and,
2: and think it's about boats and yachts you know
3: yeah and like i see the video <laughs> yeah, and it's like right. tropical yes. island there's a boat like here we are yeah, we're gonna right. ride the boat and yeah. rock the boat <laughs> and
2: then you really listen to it and
3: then you get older and you're like oh <laughs> and i oh
2: But I think my favorite thing about this song is this song is rare in the way that it's constructed because Mm. this song utilizes the background vocals as leads. Oh, okay. Yeah. Right. And then the lead vocals almost feel like the ad libs. Mm. And it's an interesting way to form a song. Yeah. You know, because if you take away the leads on the on the record, and you just have the backgrounds, the song is still there. Yeah. You know, usually you wouldn't have the verse, you know, you would just have the chorus, but all the backgrounds are just sitting there Mm -hmm. and they make up the whole song. Yeah. And then you have the lead vocals as just the ad libs. And I think that is like a great use of her vocal, Uh, a great use of like how to get the lyrics across. Like it's just a perfect song. Yeah. Tense across the board.
3: Does does the circumstances of her passing, the fact that she died after finishing the music video for this song, yeah. does that in a way kind of color the song for you?
2: Absolutely. I mean, there is a point in time I couldn't listen to the song. Oh, really? This was a skip track for me. Oh, oh my wow. gosh, yes. Because the video was everywhere.
3: And it's like a literal visual reminder of absolutely her passing. Yeah,
2: and at the beginning of the video, it would say like, in remembrance of baby girl and this you know it's like like i just couldn't listen to it for the longest
0: yeah yeah
2: and i didn't have to play it at home because it was on the radio it was on mtv jams vh1 soul all of that stuff you know um playing consistently Mm -hmm. and then every august 25th it was playing yeah so it took me years to be able to just like truly enjoy it again but Mm -hmm. I remember when it like hit me again where I'm just like, no, this is just a great record.
3: Yeah. Whew.
2: Okay. Here it is. Mm -hmm. Let's just just take it in. Yeah. You know.
3: Well, it's good that you finally gotten to that place where you're able to kind of just take it in. I I understand that because obviously there's certain artists that I I really love that aren't here anymore. And there's on a given day certain songs where I'm like, no, we're not doing that one today.
2: No, I feel that with all my soul
3: we're not doing that one today yes (laughs) i don't think so right (laughs) beautiful song beautiful gowns not today
2: (laughs) well you have anything else to say about this behemoth no
3: it's it's perfect it's iconic let's
2: move on to track four more than a woman produced by timbaland and written by static shock
3: about this one the beginning in particular just is so nostalgic for me because I feel like I have very hazy memories of hearing this on the radio after school yeah yeah yeah, yeah. without even really knowing like that's Aaliyah you oh, know yeah, yeah. because this wasn't during a time where you could get on your phone and just search who is this like right you either had to be in the car when they introduced the new one from Aaliyah or it's like it just plays yeah. immediately right after but like I I feel like I remember hearing this song yeah. so often on the radio after school. But I, you know, another another classic Aaliyah song that- That beginning is just so recognizable. Yeah. It sounds so Timbaland. Yeah. I definitely feel like in comparison to some of the other songs on the album, this feels more pop-driven- Absolutely. ...than the others. But I still I still really like it.
2: Yeah. I love this record, but it definitely feels like the label was like, okay, you need a single like what's going to be the next single after Rock the Boat? Cool. Uh More than a woman. Great. That's the single song, you know. Right. This is the song out of all the songs on this album that brings me back to the summer of 2001, like pre Aaliyah death. Okay, Because it just it just felt like summer.
3: It was really like popular. At the time, too, I felt like. Like, you would just hear it everywhere. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, that just really takes me back. <laughs> yeah,
2: yeah. No, it's it's a vibe. Yeah. It's one of those songs that you could play when you're, like, driving down the coast. Yeah. Windows down. Mm-hmm. And you're just like, I'm vibing. Here's Aaliyah. Yeah.
3: And it sounds like summer. Yeah. And
2: then right after Rock the Boat, too. Mm-hmm. A great choice in sequencing and stuff like that. Like, yeah. uh... It's good, and then I want to take the moment really quick because we haven't talked about him yet. But shout out to Static Shock, y'all. He wrote pretty much everything on this record.
1: Well, this is to be the first time that y'all get to hear a lot of her at once, rather than just one song here her, and And she got a lot of, um, she got a lot of versatile. versatile I think she just grew up as a person.
2: I'm sad that we didn't get more. Aaliyah and Static Shock mm. because I really do think that Static Shock truly understood Aaliyah as an artist. Mm-hmm. A-, a lot of people talk about, you know, artists should be writing their stuff. and But here we are. Aaliyah is like one of those artists where she doesn't write much of her music, mm-hmm. but she's such a amazing interpreter. Yeah. Such an amazing interpreter. Mm-hmm. And I feel like with this album, we truly see how how good she is interpreting Static's lyrics. Right. More than a woman, a bop, a full bop.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. <laughs> I'm waiting for you to like do a full bust out sing song situation. I don't know if you're gonna do it this episode. What what's a
3: sing song situation?
2: Where you're always singing the song.
3: Oh. <laughs> I I feel like I'm more into the beats. <laughs> <laughs> I love the beat. I like the beat. What do you think? Um, I like the beat.
0: <laughs> I thought definitely. I thought it was fun. I like the beat. So, yeah. All
2: right, here we go. Track five, "Never No More," produced by Buddha and written by Static. I
1: thought I lost you.
2: thoughts on this this track
3: this song feels very early alicia keys to me Mm, mm. so i looked up alicia keys debut album songs in a minor it came out june 5th 2001 and then Aaliyah's album came out about a month later so i just i don't know i I, when i first listened to it i was like wow this is like early alicia to me Mm -hmm.
2: Wow! I never made. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay, I, I hear it,
3: and that's a that's a good thing. It's not a no, bad yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah. Like, no, I hear it. F that, just copying, but no. There's a, a very like jazzy blues, very neo so yeah, kind of vibe to this song, and also I feel like her vocals feel more at the forefront. Oh yeah. So it's it's nice to have that be the centerpiece of this song.
2: Yeah. As much as this album has. His fun vibes mm-hmm. and its fun moments, mm-hmm. it truly has these dark moments. And this is the moment where it really starts reminding me of Janet's Velvet Rope. Mm, right. You okay. Know? Yeah. The way the Velvet Rope was dark and vulnerable, mm-hmm. Never No More is the same way. I feel like this album is truly the firstborn after Janet's Velvet Rope era. Mm-hmm. Like the firstborn daughter. Of the velvet rope, I think that's fair. And I love, I love, 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 love how the lyrics are so intensely vivid. Mm. Everything that she said, I can like vividly see in front of me. Like if I just close my eyes, I could just be like, "Oh yeah, here we are." Okay, Uh you know she's talking about holding her her pillow at night, and like you could just, I can imagine her just like in bed crying after you know trigger warning. She's talking about abuse. The
1: song was very powerful. You know, if this song can help a young woman that's going through that, you know, stand up and say, I'm not going to take it anymore. I'm not going to, I'm not going to let you put your hands on me again. Then I've accomplished something very great.
2: And so to hear that so vividly, one, I love the the, the shift in sound Mm -hmm. at this point in the record, especially after Rock the Boat More Than a Woman. Yeah. But also too artistically hearing her grow as an artist, was such a like breath of fresh air.
3: You can really like hear the maturity, absolutely, in her voice, but also in like the substance of her lyrics.
2: Yes, absolutely. Again, shout out to Static. But yeah, I I also agree with you. With her vocals are just uh they're everything on this record. Yeah, and the way that they're usually produced is she is sitting just on top of the production, mm. so it doesn't feel like. Oh, you're hearing vocals and then production. Like, rock the boat. She's just right there, floating. Mm -hmm. But on this one, yeah, the vocals are up front. She's like, I have a message to to say. I want you to hear the message. Boom. You know? Right, yeah. I love this song so much. Boom. All right. Track six.
3: We're doing good so far.
2: We're doing great, you know?
3: Angie's (laughs) like, this is a walk in the park. (laughs) Oh, yeah but it's gonna just gonna, i'm like but it's gonna take a turn
2: <laughs> hashtag danity kane part yeah. two. No. <laughs> and here we are <laughs> track six i care for you produced by timbaland and written by missy elliott
3: I really like this one. I really, really, really like this one. It's very like Neo Soul, bad. Yes, yes. jazz, blues. I like the beginning with her runs and then the keys. Mm. But yeah, she like sounds great. Mm-hmm. I think this is like a vocal standout for her and the way like you traditionally think of like a big vocal moment, if you will.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: And then like aside from her vocals, like the, the beatboxing, how that's implemented in the song yes. is very cool. Like I like how it always like builds towards the end of the verse and the chorus, you yeah, know? Yeah, yeah. You take my hand
2: I love that we have the same notes. I'm like, I'm like really and basically, excited about
3: that. <laughs> I'm just reading Angie's <laughs> notes. Shout out to Google Drive.
2: <laughs> I feel like uh, this song is probably in my top five favorite Aaliyah songs ever.
3: Mm, okay.
2: Such a great song. I love how tender this song is. It feels like a warm hug. Like she truly cares about somebody. And she's saying these things like it just feels so tender. Mm -hmm. And I love how tender it feels against the hard beat. And like you said, the beatboxing, it's like the basic essence of hip hop, like at its true form, beatboxing. Yeah. And then you have Aaliyah doing these amazing vocal runs, just floating like she normally does. Mm -hmm. Again, the vocal production is insane. Especially when she sings the word insane. Mm. There's a moment where she sings the word insane. Yeah. Oh my gosh.
1: She must be insane. Sexy baby.
2: And I think the biggest vocal moment was the bridge where, you know, she's going, hold on, stay strong for me. And it like builds up and you're just like, oh my gosh. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. And I love how she was able to have a big vocal moment. Without doing the classical big ballad vocal moment things. Yeah. You know, which is like the held note at the end or like the burst of energy at the end, you know, that we normally hear from like a Celine, a Whitney on a power ballad. But again, I think that's the importance of understanding your vocals and what you're able to deliver and how do you deliver it differently than other people.
3: Right. Yeah and also i feel like by the early 2000s we were really not in a power ballad we weren't moment like we were in the 90s yeah yeah so that kind of just goes to show like the shift in music trends in general
2: yeah yeah i mean the vocal power moments came in such a different way yeah it came via jill scott it came via alicia keys and fallen right you know yeah and here we are with Aaliyah and i care for you Mm -hmm. like it was just it's yeah it's such a a turning point in the r&b world yeah all right track seven extra smooth produced by key beats and written by static shock (laughs) nothing rude but
1: way too short
3: really like this one the first time i heard it i was kind of like confused a bit at the beginning mm-hmm. because the beginning of the song kind of sounds like okay this doesn't sound ridiculous but it sounds like meme music or like youtube music <laughs> that you would like hear in yeah, the background yeah, yeah. if you were like editing a video and you were like <laughs> yeah. trying to make something funny and you yeah. put like that quirky jazzy yeah. kind of music <laughs> in the background that <gasps> But then, like, the beat drops and it becomes, like, very cool. And you're like,
1: yeah. oh. You're just like. Yeah. got big brown eyes, so built Coming on strong six-pack Oh, my God. But I, re- I really
3: like this one. It's just, like, so effortlessly cool. Yeah. Like, the combination of the beat and her vocal delivery. Yeah. This is the thing that I'm kind of finding with a lot of these songs as well is like it's hard for me to delineate like okay verse chorus verse chorus bridge because it's not really built yeah. so directly in a traditional song structure kind of way yeah. but there's this moment that I'm interpreting to be like the bridge mm-hmm. of the song where it's like her vocals are just they feel so full mm. at one point yeah,
2: yeah. I feel like she definitely goes in between of like giving full chest voice sometimes and then that mm-hmm. light airy voice yeah she definitely does a good job on this especially with the background vocals too
3: right yeah 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 yeah
2: yeah, yeah. no i i love i love the song yeah but to all the dancers out there this song reminds me of botmos moss because Oh. <laughs> because are
3: you playing a uh, Aaliyah in ballet class <laughs> Bruh,
2: my dance teacher in high school this was years after this album came out but whenever oh so you have like PTSD have P- with this song <laughs> yes yes <laughs> this song in Destiny's Child Survivor they would go back to back she's like you're gonna survive bro let's play this song <laughs> she would do across the floor bop miles. And uh, this song would play.
3: Those were like fast Bob <laughs> <Dun, dun, dun, laughs> Yeah, they were. You better stretch out your hamstrings. Yep.
2: Because <laughs> they weren't just like front Bob They would go, we'd go front to the side. Front,
3: side, yep. back.
2: And do all of them yeah. across the floors. And I'd just be like, okay, here we go. Extra smooth. <laughs> here we go again. Yeah. <laughs> so this song literally just reminds me of dance class. I love this song, but I usually skip it now because of the dancer oh really dancers ptsd oh
3: okay 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 yeah yeah that makes sense all
2: right here we go track eight read between the lines produced by buddha and written again by the great static shock your thoughts
3: i feel like i need more time with this one Mm. It has the potential to grow on B, but I'm not quite there yet.
2: I'm not even mad at your assessment of the song. It took me a hot second to get used to the song. Yeah. When I was 11, I would absolutely skip this song.
3: So me and 11-year-old you are really in tandem right now.
2: Yeah, yes, exactly. Yes. <laughs> but I feel like now listening to the song, it's a perfect blend of like this Y2K R&B sound mm. and then the fresh Neil Soul sound. That was coming through in the early 2000s. I feel like the highlight of the record are the vocals. Right. Once again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then the background. But I totally understand if somebody were to skip this record. I get it. Or if it needs to grow on you. Yeah. It doesn't sound like an experimental record. It sounds like a pretty straightforward record. Mm -hmm. But it is very experimental. Mm. Especially in the time that it came out. Nothing sounded like this. Right. So I feel like it'll grow on you though.
3: Yeah, me too. Potential.
2: Track nine, You Got Nerve, produced by Key Beats and written by Benjamin Bush. How do you feel about this one?
3: This song sounds very like early 2000s yeah. to me especially in the end when they sort of like manipulate the vocal to yes. sound like yes. te- technological. <laughs> yeah. um, I don't know why, but the more I listened to the song too, I was thinking of Christina Milian. Yes. I-, I looked up when her debut self-titled album came out and it came out the same year, October 2001. But I also mainly thought of Christina Million, mainly because of um, the Kim Possible theme song.
0: I could hear it.
3: Okay. Okay. Like yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm your basic average girl. Kim Possible. <laughs> oh,
1: yeah, yeah. I'm your basic average girl. And I'm here to save the world. You can't stop me cause I'm Kim Possible. There is nothing I can do. I where when if you just my Impossible. Impossible.
2: I love how interesting the song sounds. Uh yeah. It's not necessarily my fave, but I appreciate the experimental sound. Mm. Again, this reminds me of Janet's Velvet Rope. Mm-hmm. because of the the lyrics she's basically talking about like this abusive toxic relationship and I think that reminds me of the velvet rope yet again it's really interesting to see how dark Aaliyah gets and I feel like a lot of people really don't talk about Aaliyah in this sense musically because you know we know her for one in a million rock the boat more than a woman you know all of that stuff But when we get to the dark stuff on this album, it's just like, damn, what was she going through? You know, and yes, it was written by Benjamin Bush or Static, you know, but for her to agree with it, agree to sing it and want to put it on the album and then sing it as passionately as she does. Like, dang, it sounds like she was in a dark space. You know, Mm. this wasn't necessarily my fave again back in 2001. It definitely sounds of the time. But I definitely Mm -hmm. appreciate it now very much so. It's just it's such a experimental sound because of what the production sounds like versus what she's talking about. Mm -hmm. You would think such a dark topic would cater to a dark sound. Yeah. And that's not what we're really getting.
3: It's like an interesting uh, juxtaposition in a way.
2: Yes, absolutely.
3: I also wanted to say, too, I I think her voice sounds really good opposite of a male voice as well oh there's yeah. sections in oh, this song where she's you know singing with the guy or whatever and yeah it sounds really good because sometimes yeah. like you know how sometimes there's certain singers where you're like i don't need him yeah get him off the track yes i don't feel that way <laughs> i don't feel that way about this
2: yeah no she sounds really good but i think it's because her her voice is so light and airy
3: mm. that
2: it leaves so much room for a male vocalist to come in
3: right you know because she's all
2: the way up here and even if they do have like a higher uh vocal range they're still just like right under her right so there's so much room so much room for color and texture you know
0: yeah yeah
2: track 10 i refuse produced by j-dub and written by static shock coming out. No, I'm joking. Uh, <laughs> what are your thoughts <laughs> i
3: feel like this is the most theatrical dramatic song on the album mm-hmm. the way this song starts reminded me of age ain't nothing but a number mm. because of like the piano and like the oh, ad-libs i see She's like trying to set a scene. Yeah. At the beginning of this song, I'm like, "What is going on? Is she like typing on a typewriter? Are we doing another journal entry of sorts, or I don't know? Maybe that's a horse galloping. Yeah. I don't really know. But she said theater. She said yes. thespian. I'm I'm trying to be an actress, and I'm really trying to make an homage to that career yeah. transition exactly. with yes. this song. Yes. Thespian.
2: Thespian. I 1 million percent agree with everything you just said. (laughs) (laughs) I fucking love this song. This is like literally one of my all time favorite Aaliyah songs, period. I love it that much. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. This is another song with such great visually visceral lyrics. Mm. You know, again, shout out to Static. I love how theatrical the song is. When I listen to the song... I picture like a horse carriage coming in. Oh, so you hear the horses too. Oh, absolutely. Okay. It's happening. The rain. Yeah. The horse carriage. It's coming in. It's very like 1800s. with the, the carriages, maybe early 1900s with the, the ladies coming out of the carriages with the umbrella, you know, men with the, the tall hats, the tall black hats. And like, it's giving that. But again, we're, we're setting the scene for this like dark, topic right and i feel like this is the the climax of like all the songs leading up to this mm-hmm. you know the never no mores and then she's like no i refuse i'm not about to do it this is it mm-hmm. i feel like i want to talk about the breakdown of this song because oh my gosh the breakdown to this song still gives me goosebumps to this day yeah. reminds me of the breakdown from this time by Janet and Kathleen Battle. <laughs> Aaliyah is just another example of you don't have to have an aretha patty whitney vocals to have a big moment and i felt like she gave such a huge moment on i refuse Mm -hmm. she's just that girl
3: shout out to horses and acting
2: (laughs) horses, horses and carriages this feels like the the dark version of cinderella yeah if cinderella went darker I refuse. Would just drop in.
3: So, like maybe Aaliyah was in a carriage that wasn't too far from Brandy's. Boom. And where Brandy went up the mountain to the castle, as Whitney floated around her. Yes. Aaliyah's just delved deeper and deeper into the dark yes. forest,
2: and she was crying out for Whitney to come save her.
3: But Whitney couldn't hear her.
2: Right, because you know she's saying la. la. Diddly
3: dee. She said, "Fall along, d, fiddly faddly foodle, dizzy in the noodle."
1: Fall fiddly dee, fiddly foodle. All the dreamers in the world are dizzy in the noodle.
2: Track eleven. It's whatever, produced by Key Beats and written by Static Shock. How you feel about this one
3: i really like this one i got nervous yes. <laughs> yes i think it's so pretty yes it's so pretty yeah this song just sounds so sweet mm-hmm. and easy and light yes it's very like relaxing yep but i'm still engaged you know
2: Mm -hmm. and
3: i'm i'm honestly surprised they didn't include like birds chirping in the background yeah
2: yeah yeah it's it's one of those type of songs
3: yeah i love when aliyah has this like light sweet vocal and it really shines on this song and i also just really like how the beat is very minimal and simple Mm -hmm. but again she just really knows how to use her her voice, yeah. where she's just like gliding effortlessly yes. on this song. And I also like that harp sound yeah. that comes in and out. It feels yeah. very dreamy.
2: Dreamy, that's a perfect adjective for this song. This is the song when people ask about like a chill Aaliyah song. Yeah. I turned this one on. It's the deep cut that a lot of people don't know about. but they should. Which they should. They should. This is probably the most listen to song for me
3: oh okay
2: of an alia song period but off this album because it's on almost every one of my chill playlists mm. i'm putting this song all the time and i usually listen to chill music yeah especially when i'm driving it is the literal definition of a vibe mm-hmm. it's um such a nice like reprise after uh i refuse yeah like you get this heavy moment and then they're like okay Let's make it light. The song feels like, you know, it's like the perfect sip of lemonade Mm. on a hot summer's day.
3: Yeah. It's like refreshing. It's refreshing.
2: Yes. But it's like, it's literally that first sip. Yeah. Where you're just like, oh, bitch, I could just drink a gallon of this. Yeah. That's how the song feels. Perfection.
3: This is one of those songs that when now having sat and listened to the full album, I'm like, I'm so happy I did that, at least for this song it's just love it oh my gosh (laughs) more people should know about it's whatever like truly
2: okay here we go track 12 i can be produced by buddha and written by daryl baths
3: Mm, Okay, so it's cool to hear, like, Aaliyah go a bit more rock. Yes. This is when I was like, ooh, this really reminds me of Janet adding some rock sensibility, specifically on Velvet Rope. Yes. Because she sounds so gritty. Mm Mm-hmm. When I was researching, there was this rated R&B article that I came across, and it's called um, Revisiting Aaliyah's Edgy Track, I Can Be. They did an interview with Tank.
2: Oh, okay, yeah, yeah.
3: And he talked about how this song was specifically an answer to Are You That Somebody?
2: Oh.
3: Because in Are You That Somebody, she's like lyrically asking if like this guy wants to, you know, hook up with her, but like be discreet about it. Yeah.
1: Boy, won't you pick me up at the park right now? Up the block while everyone sleep. Sleep, sleep, sleep. I'll be waiting there when my hurt, my lows, my hat.
3: Just so I'm low-key. If you tell the world be weak. Oh but then in I Can Be, it's now Aaliyah wanting to write from the perspective of the other woman. Right. I just have like a couple quotes here from that interview that Tank did. He said, I wrote from the perspective of people being surprised to hear that Aaliyah is the other woman. Like what? Aaliyah is supposed to be your main woman. Not mm-hmm. only is she the other woman, but she's saying, it's okay that I'm the other woman. I'm cool with that. And I guess that was something like Aaliyah, you know, like I said earlier, she really wanted that because she wanted like some edge. Uh-huh. So I thought that was cool. How like those songs relate. Because I didn't, I like, I didn't know that. So
2: yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel like within r there's like this legacy of side chick cheating anthems
3: mm. you
2: know yeah yeah saving all my love Whitney a few
0: stolen moments is all
1: But no other man's gonna do So I'm saving all my love for you
2: Me and Mrs. Uh, Mrs. Jones by Billy Paul Me
1: and Mrs Mrs. Jones Mrs. Jones, Mrs. Jones, Mrs. Jones We gotta think it's wrong but it's much too strong to let it go now
2: Sweet Thing by Shaka Khan wonder what she thinks of me chloe and hallie
1: i wonder what she thinks of me when you're coming home i know that she smells my perfume under your glow i wonder what she thinks of me when you stay Your brain. Mm.
2: But like out of the all these side chick anthems like this is my number one favorite mm. side chick anthem. She's just so confident yeah. with being the side chick. She's like listen I could be the other woman in your life. I could be the other reason you're up at night. I could be all the things you thought she might. Like I could be that other chick. Like you know yeah. I'm just here. <laughs> you uh-huh. know I feel like the person who does side chick confidence as well as Aaliyah is SZA. Mm. Classic, yeah. <laughs> the weekend, yeah. Confident, like you know, you could get your guy through the week, and let me just hit him on the weekend. Yeah, it's cool, you know. Yeah.
1: My man is my man is your man hurt as her man too.
3: My man
1: is my man is your man hurt as keep him satisfied through the weekend you like i i'm the weekend, uh-huh. Make is mine every weekend
2: i feel like i can be is like uh the weekend's mother
3: it's interesting when you you talk about all those different songs because i feel like Aliyah and sisa like you said there's like this confidence that they have but it's, like, they're confident and self-aware that they are the other woman. And they're, like, completely yeah. fine with that. And they're, like, it's cool. It's cool to be the other woman. Like, yeah. I'm okay with being the other <laughs> right. woman. Whereas, like, if you think about, like, you know, Whitney saving all my love for you, she's, like, pleading. Right. She's, like, "Oh, Yeah. Like, I'm saving all this love yeah. for you. Like, she is the other woman, but she, like, doesn't want to be the other woman anymore. Right, right, right. But these these two, they're okay, they're okay with you know being in a, a situation ship. They're okay right. with multiple people in this thing.
2: It's okay. We don't need to be the main bitch. Like we we good. We good. We we don't need to be the main chick.
3: I know my place. I know my place, and I will right? fulfill that role and yes. do it well.
2: <laughs> I could be the other woman in your life. Yeah, it's just that's where we're at.
3: Uh huh. Like, yeah, they're not desperate or pleading.
2: No, not at all. And on top of that, it's like the difference between this one. And like a wonder what she thinks of me, yeah. Or like scissors the weekend. It's not sweet. Like even with scissors the weekend, there is that sweet undertone of the production.
3: Yeah, it's kind of like romantic. Yeah, kind of whimsical.
2: And I can be is like, nah. We're gonna have this rock feel. We're gonna have these hard hitting. It's like driving. Yeah.
3: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah.
2: Exactly. So it's my favorite side chick cheating anthems yeah i've heard nothing that sounds quite like this and so confident and so you know yeah brazzy like it's just oh love it
3: i love how we're talking about like different shades to the side chick experience like it's a spectrum Absolutely. of side chick yeah. experiences
2: i will say too this feels a bit braggadocious that's the difference yeah she's like she's a little braggadocious about it like hmm I could be all the things you thought she was or mm-hmm. thought she might be, mm-hmm, like. Mm-hmm. But I'm that chick. Yeah. Let me be your side chick. Like, right. hey. Yeah, <laughs> you yeah, know? yeah, And I'm just like, oh, I mean, okay.
3: <laughs> and it's like something that only someone like Aaliyah can do because she just naturally has so much swagger and confidence. Yeah, you know, like yes. if another artist were to try and do that, I'd be like, I oh, don't, I don't know. <laughs> like I, I'm not really buying this, but like <laughs> Aaliyah, yeah,
2: yeah and also the juxtaposition of this song on this album after we get an i care for you a never no more i refuse and then she's like yeah i want to be a side chick (laughs) you know yeah she's like like sign me
0: up (laughs) right (laughs) (laughs) she's
2: like all the shit that i've been through yeah and i might as well just be a side chick it's cool i love this record so much
3: yeah it's cool i feel like the more that we just talked about it the more appreciation i have for like just the lyricism alone Period. Like the, the confidence in being a side chick. She's yes. not desperate. <laughs> She's not
2: at all. Uh-uh. This is
3: like the 2023 energy of side chicks.
2: Like the Instagram side chicks.
3: Yeah, the Instagram side chick energy of 2023 is like the goal is Ali as I can be.
2: If this becomes a TikTok trend of like announcing that you're a side chick oh my god yeah. you're welcome wow you're welcome
3: wow we <laughs> predicted that another another prediction where angie's right i'm just saying yeah i'm
2: just saying you know yeah wow <laughs> track 13 those were the days produced by key Beat and written again by static <laughs> about this song.
3: Well, speaking of like, you know, your little lemonade comparison earlier. I yes. I like how it begins like someone just took a sip of mm-hmm. like water, lemonade. It's like that. Ah. Yes. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs>
3: but it's really cool, laid back, feel good like this song, even though like this was really my first time listening to it, it It feels, like, nostalgic to me. Yeah. I think she sounds great, again, especially when she does her, like, vocal runs and ad-libs. Yeah. I think structurally, I prefer the chorus more than the verses. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I like it.
2: Mm Mm-hmm. I love how soft the chorus sounds compared to the verses. Yeah. Because if you're just listening and you're not really listening to the... The lyrics, you would think this is just like another like part two of It's Whatever, Mm. like a vibey song. Yeah. But when you really listen to the lyrics, she's basically saying, now my dude ain't shit. Yeah. We ain't lovers no more. Like you trash, you know, and then we get this fun, funky, like little chorus, this light airy chorus. And I love that about this song. It's an interesting song. Yeah. Again, I feel like this album, if you understand, and this goes with any diva or divo, if you understand their musical influences, it's easier to digest their music. Right. Especially when it's like directly influenced by something. So this definitely, again, feels like a Velvet Rope record. Yeah. Like a My Need. You know, I had a baby with like, not a what if, because that's like too jarring. But like something along those lines, mm-hmm. you know, where it's just like it's this vibey sound, but like the tone of it is dark again. Yeah, it's it's a vibe. It's another vibe. It's a different vibe. It's a vibe. It's a vibe.
3: Yeah, you know. I prefer the the vibe of the chorus. Mm-hmm. But yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: Still a vibe. Track fourteen, "What If," produced by J Dub and written by Babs.
3: Like I feel a little bit more alternative rock moment on the on the album. Um, I'm not the biggest fan of this song. That's fair. This was the one word I got to it. I was like, I don't know about this one. Not quite sure if it's album fatigue. You guys know I like a short, concise album
2: nine ten track album. yeah i'm like oh yeah. i
3: love a nine and out <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> love that <laughs> it stands out to me mm-hmm. in the album yeah like sonically i'm like mm. yeah which of these things is not like the other <laughs> bing, bing, bing. <laughs> came oh, at the end <laughs> for a reason
2: but it's also fair to say steffi does not really vibe with alternative R&B like that.
3: Oh, no, no, no. I have a feeling this is more of an Angie in the Venn diagram of uh, Diva Dailies. There's like an Angie circle, and then there's a Steffi circle, and then there's times when the circles will meet in the middle. And What If is I think on the Angie side the Venn diagram for Diva Dailies. So Angie, take it away.
2: (laughs) Yes, I, I love this record. Again, it feels very much above a rope.
3: Mm, okay
2: it's giving title track velvet rope Mm. you know was like all this funky stuff that was happening (laughs) if you refer back to that episode we were like as janet fans if you were to sit and listen to that title track for the first time you're either like vibing with it or you're like what the fuck and as an alia fan i'm sure people were doing the same thing with this track mm. except it's just like at the end of an album
3: well janet had alien invasion at the beginning of that song and
2: and i mean we have frogs At the top of this one.
3: Yeah. I mean, (laughs) alien invasion
0: versus frogs. Yes.
2: So, for those who are listening to this album on Spotify, Mm -hmm. you would see that Try Again is at the end. Yeah. But when the album came out, Try Again was not on this record. Mm
3: -hmm.
2: What If was the last one. But should we just talk about try again since it's on the
3: (laughs) yeah well it's interesting because when i was doing my research i know on streaming services it's try again but then when i like looked on wikipedia it said the u.s and canadian edition hidden track was a song called messed up messed
2: up yes Um,
3: i didn't listen to it but i'm assuming you probably have listened to that so do you want to like talk about that song (laughs) yes okay well it's the angie show now take it away (laughs) Hold on
2: one second, let me just pull it let me just pull it up really quick.
3: And she's like, let me just listen to it ten times. And you're gonna watch me listen <laughs> to it ten <laughs>
1: times. Yeah,
3: I think I've heard this song before.
2: There's like this box set. For Aaliyah that, that dropped um, after she passed away and it was in, in that box set as well.
0: Oh, okay.
2: But it's a very Timbaland-driven record. This song reminds me of Romeo Must Die, which is one of the movies that she did. It's a cool hidden track. Yeah. Very much new age, one in a million vibes, you know, very Y2K vibes. Mm. But let's talk about Essentially, track 15, Try Again, produced by Timbaland, and written by Static.
1: Oh, a don't, oh, don't dust yourself off and try again. You can dust it off and try again, try again. a don't, succeed, don't you can dust it
3: off and try again. Dust yourself off and try again.
2: Do you feel about this
3: one? Nick. <laughs> it's like an Aaliyah staple. Yes. The beginning. Yes. It's been a long time. <laughs> 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 Without a dope beat, to step two. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's been a long time, long time. We shouldn't have left you. Without a dope beat, step two. Step two. Step two. Step two. Step two. Step two. Step
1: two. Step 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 two
3: yeah i love the beat the production sounds so classic timbaland oh yeah to be because it's like very percussive and syncopated and there's some like electro sounds in there yeah 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 the chorus catchy Mm-hmm. A catchy chorus. A catchy chorus. Oh, yeah. So good. Yeah. And I especially love the the rhythm and syncopation she uses on I think it's either like it's labeled as like verse 3 or the bridge.
1: Mm-hmm. When she's
3: like, "So you don't wanna throw me all Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Oh, I oh oh, oh oh Like wow <laughs> there you go she's singing there we go I saved it I saved it for
2: try again <laughs> you don't want to throw it all away I might be shy on the
3: first day what about the next day uh, 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 uh. I said you don't want to throw it all away I'll
1: bugging on the first day what about the next day uh,
2: This is this is a classic Aaliyah song. Yeah, I mean
3: it's classic. There's like literally nothing else you could say. It's like it's just a classic Aaliyah song.
2: It's a classic Aaliyah song. Probably top three songs that you think about. Yeah, when you think of Aaliyah. Mm-hmm. If you guys don't know, we'll talk about it next episode. But this was on the Romeo Must Die soundtrack. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. In fact, the video is literally Jet Lee Li and Aaliyah. You know, doing these dance martial arts moves all through the the music video. Yeah, but yeah, it's it's a classic. There's not much to say, like you said, a classic Aaliyah record.
3: I love how that that movie is like another movie where like you get a black female lead and then you get an Asian yes lead. It's like yes. it reminds <laughs> me of like Cinderella. Exactly.
2: <laughs> Here we go with the Cinderella. I just
3: made that connection. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Oh, Cinderella was just so closely tied to this album. <laughs>
2: well, that was the Aaliyah album. I'm actually surprised you loved it as much as you did. You thought I was going to shit on it? I thought there. I'm
3: going to break <laughs> Angie.
2: I mean, it. it's very alternative in some senses. Mm. Like, it's very experimental for what was out at the time. So I I thought that's where we were going to butt heads or where you were going to just be like, oh, I'm not feeling it. It's experimental.
3: But to go back to Aaliyah being like a true daughter of Janet. Yeah. I think really getting into Janet, listening to a lot of Janet, be it just from our Velvet Rope episode or just, you know, from a recent episode we recorded where we ranked janet's discography yeah like you were saying earlier at one point you were talking about how like when you listen to the inspiration or you know the inspiration it serves as like a nice like appetizer or palette to whatever it is you're actually listening to and then you just like gain more appreciation for it it's like you're like priming your ear yeah yeah, if i like went in cold right i don't know if i would have had that same (laughs) listening experience so
2: well i'm happy that we did that janet episode when we did
3: i know Janet, mother, she's mothering. (laughs) Janet's a mother. All right, well. Like literally now. (laughs) (laughs) Like literally. (laughs) Like literally now. (laughs) All
2: right, so let's get into it. What is your top three?
3: Okay, so for number three, I have put, I care for you.
2: Okay, I accept that. I accept that. What's yours? Uh-oh, she's still figuring it out. <laughs> I feel like, because every time we do this, because we get so passionate about something, yeah. I'm like, maybe I should like, re-rank everything. I'm going to keep mine. I feel like people are going to be shocked. But um, I can be number three.
3: Mm, you know, I was really debating on switching I can be in for a top three. But I just decided to stick with my guns. But I'm glad I can be. I got you. Is in your top three. I got yeah. you.
2: All right. Number two for you.
3: It's whatever.
2: That's my number two.
3: Yes. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Yay.
2: <laughs> That's my
0: number two. Wow. Yes. What a moment. <laughs>
1: what a moment, Whitney. <laughs> but wow, what a moment. I will never forget. A moment that is most pleasing to me in my career.
2: All right. I feel like I might know. You're number one, but okay. You're number one.
0: Rock the boat, yep. rock the boat. Yes. <laughs> <laughs>
2: I mean that's iconic, so I can see why it's number one. Yeah. My number one is, I care for you. Oh yeah! Wow. Yeah. Yes.
3: <laughs> Wonderful. Yeah. Love that. Okay.
2: I feel you have two that i know that you probably would cut so i i'm wondering which song you would cut out of the two so what song would you cut
3: what if yes okay yeah
2: (laughs) Bye bye the frogs Bye bye
3: yeah rip it away (laughs) bye tiana (laughs) oh my gosh
2: (laughs) i think the song i would cut is you got nerve
3: Mm, okay
2: like I, I felt like I didn't need it.
3: Yeah, you know that's fair.
2: Underrated gym.
3: extra smooth. Wow! Boom, 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 boom. Yeah, that meme music really got me. I was like, <laughs> <laughs> boom, 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 <laughs> boom, 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 <laughs> boom, boom. And then she makes it cool. go. <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> My underrated gym. I'm like, it's a toss up between two songs. Mm -hmm. either i refuse or never know more oh okay yeah the dark stuff the dark stuff yeah because usually when people look at this album again it's like they usually think of like rock the boat more than a woman and they bypass all the dark moments on the album which really adds color to the album you know Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. so one of those two would be my underrated gem for sure
3: You just can't choose right now? (laughs) I'm like (laughs) Flink That's not how the game works, Angie. The way you just said it.
2: So you really can't choose right now? So you
3: really (laughs) can't choose right now? Okay. Let me go.
2: I'm like, Mm. cut the cameras.
3: (laughs) Dead ass. Yeah. Um, Dead ass.
2: Never no more. I'll go never no more. Okay. Yes. That was I'm really intense, down you guys. My knife. Oh my gosh.
3: <laughs> That's what happens when you don't play by the rules. Um, there are some rules here and you oh weren't playing God. by them.
2: <laughs> so, we're at the end of the episode.
3: Oh my gosh. We did it.
2: How do you feel about this album now after doing this whole episode?
3: I feel like after talking through it with such an Aaliyah fan, Stan. I have such a greater appreciation for a lot of these songs, especially I can be like our our history of side chick anthems really made me be like, yeah, if you're going to be a side chick, that's the theme song that you should be ascribing to. Yeah. Don't be desperate. Don't be desperate. (laughs) Know know your place and be proud of standing backstage (laughs) in the sidelines. (laughs) Facts. That'd probably be like a number four for me if I had to like do a top like a, an additional
2: okay. before. I'm I'm glad my yeah. work, yeah, helped you <laughs> appreciate. It. I can be more
3: side chick influencer Angie <laughs> for all the Anish side out there. <laughs> yeah.
2: Oh my gosh. <laughs> okay. Well, if the people want to reach out to you and school you about some more Aaliyah stuff, where can they find you?
3: Well, you can find me at INN underscore MHO on Twitter and Instagram and in my humble opinion on YouTube. And
2: you can find me on Twitter at Poetry Soul 3 and on Instagram at angie.simone. And if you want to engage with the podcast further, we're on Instagram and Twitter at Diva Daily's pod or email us at Diva dailies pod at gmail.com.
3: Oh, and we're also on TikTok.
2: Oh, and we're also At on Diva Daly's pod. The Clock app, okay? Yeah. <laughs> the preview for next episode is part 2, where we break down the era. I feel like it's going to be a hard one.
3: Are you going to be okay? I'm
2: I'm going to be okay. <laughs> but it's it's going to be like
3: this is going to be a really it's rough be a hard time. One. It will be sponsored by Kleenex the next <laughs> right. episode. Kleenex and therapy.
2: I mean, this whole series right now it's gonna be a rough one
3: it's just (laughs) sad our dear our dearly departed divas
2: (laughs) yeah part twos are gonna just be sad we just yeah but i think it's very very important to understand how the the deaths of these divas affected the music right so that you're not on twitter saying we need a resolution is underrated (laughs) and you don't keep the the death in in context you know what i'm saying like yeah context matters always always and that includes talking about the hard stuff the sad stuff so yeah thank you for listening we appreciate your time make sure you leave a review yes hit us with the five stars on apple pod spotify all that good stuff recommend the pod to a friend if you like this pod and with that and remember divas So the thing is, a diva has to be good at what she does.